Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. Welcome to the Call That Girl's Office 365 show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 90. If you want to check out my past shows and notes, you can go to callthatgirl.biz slash office365. And before we get started, I want to thank two different groups of people this time. One is all of my followers on Podbean. You know, I signed up with Podbean a couple years ago uh, when I went on my own and I didn't really realize that you could have followers on there. I kind of see it now and again, but uh, the other day I logged in and I was like, holy smoke, I've got a lot of followers there. So I just want to thank you all. And if you have anything you want to um, have me follow on your things, just go ahead and uh, send me a message through the Podbean or you can email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz. I love my Podbean, though. It's super awesome to have your own little little spot where you can put up your own shows and, you know, just do your own pictures and all that stuff. So if you are interested in podcasting, you should definitely check out podbean.com. It's very affordable, easy to figure out, and I like the theme I got. It looks kind of cool with my branding, and um, I love it. Okay, and I'm also going to thank App River for being a sponsor of the show. I think it's almost four and a half years now I've been working with them and I uh, still use them for all my sales and support with Office 365. I'm just letting everybody know that I've kind of officially cut the cord with doing migration work. So what I've done is I have two uh, migration partners that I use. One is a small scale migration partner. They do one to 15 mailboxes. Then I have another company I work with that does 15 and higher. So if you're a solo tech and let's, or even a small company, and let's say you're like, you know, Fooey, we don't want to do the migration work, but let another company handle it. Let me know and I will send you their information, but I still do my sales through App River. And one of the partners is an App River partner too, but so they understand the, the back end, which I really like. They understand App River, how everything works and the company that does 15 and more, they will do the, um, the sales I put through App River. They also are a CSP partner, so they can do the sales as well. And they do some support, but not everything's covered, of course. But um, yeah, some of my big news was, you know, I just decided it's time to get out of migration work. I just uh, have, you know, I looked at my financials and I was looking at it compared 16 to 17. In 2016, I think almost 40% of my work was migration work, which is a huge, you know, percentage of my work, my billable. And it was about a month ago that I was looking at my 2016 and my migration numbers went down (laughs) big time. I'm talking dramatic change. And I had to sit and think like, why is my financials less? Why haven't I been doing more migration work? And I think honestly, Um, I've been doing migration since 2011 and I think I just was, you know, when a call comes in, I tell people, well, we can fix it or we can migrate you to exchange. And as much as I love the migration work, I think in my heart and my soul, I wasn't loving it. So I wasn't pushing it. I was opting to fix problems, then do migration work. And it's not that migration work is hard. It's just a huge project and it's just me. And I was just kind of like, I don't know if I want to do it anymore. So I think I can tell that I haven't been doing the sales for it. And now that I've got partners, now now I can start pushing the sales again because 
for those out there who are solopreneurs like me, what I do is tell the clients, uh, look, you can buy your four hour prepay from me. Then you can get the labor for the migration done with one of my teams. And it's cheaper with the teams, by the way. So the cost of buying my four hour prepay and having the labor done by another company is equal to my old VIP level migration costs. And my clients are the type that are like, yeah, that they were, they were buying the VIP level anyway. So it kind of really worked out for me. And this way I hold the um, AppRiver sale. I have them with the prepay and the migration teams get to make some money and get more work on the side. So that's my big announcement for one thing I'm doing. And I'm still working with AppRiver on that. And you can email me, like I said, if you want to connect with the two partners I'm using. They are very... Um, one of the guys has been a follower of my podcast for many, many years. He follows me on Technible, and I don't like saying follow, but I mean, we're friends on Technible too, of course. But I mean, he's the kind of guy that likes learning and, and he likes Outlook and he likes Office. So, I, you know, when, um, when I kind of got connected with him about this, I was like, I would really like someone to work with my migrations that knows how I think and how I do things because I'm kind of a perfectionist with this stuff. I get, I really like it the way I like it. So he understands me. So he's going to be doing, like I said, all my ones under 15. And I like that because like the one he just did yesterday, which was supposed to be, you know, awesome, which they're supposed to be. And guess what? He had a problem with the website company who hosts who manages and hosts the DNS settings. Now, it's not his fault because we're waiting on other people. Well, actually, he is, but, you know, I was just emailing him back and forth during it, and yeah, he's like, we're waiting on the other company, and I said, welcome to my world. Here you think. Everything's going to go great, and as you're waiting for the MX records to get updated, the person's out of the office. They're at lunch. They're in a meeting, and they always have one person, so then you wait and wait and wait, and you have to, you know, tell the clients that, but he knows I do the managed expectations. So the client was like totally cool with it. And that's how I love telling people is all the things that happened before the migration starts, which is a lot of work. Okay. So that is one thing I'm doing. The next thing is, um, I've worked with uh, a lot of you folks know that I work with the, um, Facebook groups I have the Outlook group and the Office 365 group. Now, I got to tell you that my Office and Outlook groups are getting super exciting. Like, I opened up the Outlook group and, you know, initially I just let kind of anybody in that I knew was a tech, but now I've decided to do the questions so I can vet people. But it's pretty cool watching people come to the groups, ask questions, learn from each other, and then go fix their problems on their own. Um, the Office group, let me go see... I think the office group is at almost 750 people. And here's what I love about that group, just more in, more than the Outlook group, is that it has international technicians from all different levels of Office 365. Yesterday, I just in, um, approved a guy who, um, you know, he's uh, the chief marketing officer at a company that does Office 365, like add-ins and such like that. I'm not exactly sure, but... But, you know, that's the kind of thing that I let anybody in who is involved with Office 365. It's just not technicians. It's just kind of everybody. And, you know, he probably won't be a big player in it because a lot of our posts are more like, you know, helping each other with migration work. But, you know, I posted a blog he put out and that was kind of fun. And 
And uh, I'm just really excited to see where this group's going to go. So I will put in the show notes these two Facebook groups so you can go ahead and join them and just say you heard about it through the podcast. But the other huge project I've been working on is the IT Business Owners Group. Now, I know I've talked about that on the show, and I'm going to put this link in the notes too. But in the past two months, the IT Business Owners Group really has gained a lot of momentum And um, starting in around August or so, I started working on the website. It's itbog.org. And we had some goals of what we wanted to do with this website. And the first thing was we wanted to have a member directory. We wanted to have a place for our vendor discount guide to be private so only members could view it. And then we had some users that or some members that were like, hey, I've heard them say this for years. Let's have a Google Map tech locator. So while I was building this website up, I was thinking of all these things and I found the perfect plugins that, I mean, I found a simple theme for the WordPress site, but the plugin like absolutely was perfect. But let me just tell you, if you've never put together a website, I now honestly feel for web designers. (laughs) I put in at least 20 hours of figuring out this member directory, the map and all the settings. Then Scott, who owns the IT bog, We had some other technical glitches that he had to go put a lot of time into. And we finally got that all figured out. And, uh, I mean, it's just a lot of work. And then once we got it going, we had to have beta testers for the map and the directory. And then we had some failures. And, and, you know, so now our group is officially 100% all set. The website is itbog.org. You can become a member there. Um, You fill out a little form. And then you can... You know, if you don't want to put your home address, you can go ahead and just put your city and state. That will then get you on the Google map. And right now we've got like 230 people on the map, I think. And it's international. So the map goes um, England, UK. Uh, we got some folks in Brazil. We got some in Thailand. A lot down in Australia and New Zealand. And of course, the United States, which is the pins are popping like crazy. Um, I've actually seen some. Uh, the pins are turning yellow, which means that's the, like the fourth level we're making it. <laughs> but anyway, and it does, there's no cost to join, but you do have to be a business owner or be in a, you know, decision-making position, I guess. Um, and um, then when you apply there, then you can get access to our Facebook group, which the Facebook group is really kind of where the heart of IT bog is right now. You can, um, you can uh, participate in the threads, the posts, you can learn. And we don't really have too much else on the Facebook group except techs, helping techs. But vendors can participate. So this is a kind of a one-in-a-kind kind of group where vendors and techs can talk to each other. And, you know, a lot of other groups don't allow that, the crossover. They let vendors be vendors and the techs talk. But... I got to say that our IT bug group has a lot of activity and action every day. So if you're interested in being a part of a community, this is the perfect group for you. Again, that's itbog.org. And then once you get, uh, you put in your app, you can be in the Facebook group. All right. So this week I've got two major topics I want to talk about. One is Outlook 2016. And I, you know, I, every time I put this out on the, on the groups, someone's like, I don't know why you have so many problems with 16, Lisa. I have no problems. And I'm like, well, maybe I have more problems because it's all I do all day. You know, <laughs> I mean, I happen to just, that's all I do. So when, like I've told you guys in the other shows, 
when you manage services and you manage one outlook and that's all you do, you don't have to deal with all the other complications. I'm completely dealing with people with Windows 10, different updates, different versions of Outlook, Windows 7. Some are on, you know, I don't get very many on Vista anymore. But I mean, I get kind of the everything bucket, you know. And so 2016 has become a really tough upgrade. And, you know, the first time I did, oh boy, the first time I, uh, I did upgrade to 16, I had to take it off my computer because it was choking my Outlook too bad. So I went back to 13, right? Well, then they came out with the, um, I think in 16, the auto discover, you had to have that perfect for you to set up exchange because there was no more way to manually set it up. And I got to tell you that that broke my heart. Like, I think one time I actually did cry because I was so like messed up. Like, this isn't fair. I don't know what Microsoft does that when they're developing and changing something that works to go, hmm, how can we completely screw every technician out there that doesn't control the DNS where they can't change an auto discover record? Oh, I know. <laughs> Let's go and take away the manual settings. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not into that. I don't know who does that, but um, they've done some other changes too now, which are making me angry. But, um, you know, removing the tools that make our jobs easier is what frustrates me the most about Outlook. I love working with my clients. I love fixing their big Outlook email issues. I love configuring stuff, getting all their third-party tools to work. But when it comes to me having an issue with Outlook, it really just stops me. And and this uh, next job I'm going to tell you about is one. But before I talk about the Yahoo job, I'm going to talk about this new connector. So you might not have seen it yet. Uh, in 2016, not everybody has it. And I don't, I think it's an update issue. You either have the update or you don't. And I honestly haven't put a lot of time into this update thing, but I read it in the ASCII group and in the Facebook groups. But anyway, if you go to file and go to your accounts and try to add a new account, if you get the big white box that says connect an account or, oh, let me go see what, I can probably make it come up here. Let's see. Yeah, it says, welcome to Outlook, enter an email address to your account. Okay, so the thing is, it it's trying, I'm trying to explain how it works here. So when you open that up, it's, it says right now for me, searching for accounts. Well, I already have like 10 email accounts in there, so I'm solid there. But if I want to go add a new one, you go put a new email in there, and then Outlook goes out to the interwebs and tries to find out what server it's on. Um, I think by default it does Exchange first, then IMAP, and it cannot do POP, of course. But it can go try to figure out if you have POP. And so then another window pops up if it can't automatically connect. It gives you a choice of six options, which I'm going to go dig that up right now. I should have had this ready. Sorry, gang. Um, it is the, uh, hold on. Um, hmm. Why don't I have this ready? Sorry. But anyway, it says Gmail, pop, exchange, outlook.com. And uh, there's six options. Okay. Well, Okay, so let's go say you click on IMAP. Then what it does, it goes and finds the IMAP settings for that type of account. It does its best, which I got to say is, you know, that's nice, but it never works. So if you're in Outlook and you go to file and try to add an account, that almost always fails for me. So what I do is I go to the back end of Outlook through the control panel and go to the mail app. So close Outlook, go to the control panel, go to the mail app, go to your 
uh, profile, which is probably Outlook, that's the standard one, and then try to add the account in there. Now you might be able to bypass the connector in there, but lately I've noticed you can't bypass that connector, okay? So then let's say, well, let's say you're on exchange and you cannot get that connector to uh, connect, okay? And you can't get um, the exchange to set up. First thing is let it sit for like five to 10 minutes, okay? If it doesn't error out, you're probably just, you know, hoping it goes faster. It can go slow and I've seen it go slow. So if you don't ever see, give it 10 minutes. If it doesn't do it after that, it should give you an error. And the error can be totally different from anybody else that it might be different. But if you're doing exchange, you might have a DNS issue with that auto discover record. Okay. And that you have to, um, then go contact the company and whoever runs the DNS and go make sure the auto discover is set to autodiscover.outlook.com if you're doing exchange online. And if they can't update it, then you are kind of what I would say SOL. Um, yeah, it's it's rough. You have to have that discover record, auto discover record perfect, okay? Now, what I've done is the minute I see a problem with 16 connecting and my clients are on Officer 65, they are getting an Insta downgrade. And I don't care what people say, I shouldn't be doing it. All I know is that my time is billable by the hour and I am not going to fix this connection issue. Well, actually I've donated probably 12 hours of my time in the past few weeks to Outlook and Microsoft trying to fix this to just downgrade people. So my new thing is if I can't get it to connect the first time I tell the clients, okay, I'm going to downgrade you. Now, one of my clients was like, oh my God, you're going to downgrade me. What's going to happen? And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, this downgrade is, is going to be good for you because it's going to get your email set up here shortly versus me, um, you know, getting mad at Outlook for the next four hours because it won't work. And the thing is, is I learned from the past three jobs I had that it, <laughs> I couldn't bill my clients $500 to fix this. I mean, if you are a tech and you bill for that kind of time, that's, that's great for you. But I can't bill a client well, moving ahead. I will if they approve it, if they don't want downgrade. But I just can't. And I felt so bad for these clients. I'm like, this was not your fault. This is not your fault. But I shouldn't have to donate my time either to fix this connector that won't work. And so moving ahead, I love telling you guys all my stuff I learned from because it's just never ends. <laughs> is If I have a snag up in the connector, I'm going to tell the clients I'm downgrading them. If they say I don't want to downgrade, then I'm going to say, then we're stopping the clock right now. And you are calling Microsoft and let them fix this. Okay. Because this is not my circus. And, and, and well, they're kind of my monkey. So I'm managing the monkey, but it ain't my circus. And um, that's my new rule. Because the last three jobs I did were such huge messes. At one client, <laughs> oh, God, this is so great. They bought a computer from Dell. And it came pre-installed with 64-bit uh, Office 2016. Okay? And first thing, I was troubleshooting going... Uh, why did they give you 64 bit? Um, no, it's always 32 bit. 64 bit does not really work well unless you need it for whatever. So after, I don't know, an hour of trying to mess with that, though, they called Dell. Dell wouldn't, um, actually Dell said that we had to go log into the account they made and go get the 32 bit. So that was fair. They had the 32 bit option, but it came pre-installed with 16 or 30 or 64 bit. But then the connector wouldn't work in that one either. And 
this was just a simple IMAP setup, you guys, with a local ISP company. Nothing big, no big settings. In fact, no SSL even. They even I even talked to them. I still couldn't get it to work. And I did all the testing of the antivirus and the internet, and, and, and this connector just would not let me get through. So I finally told the clients, look, let me go test my my office 2013 downgrade for the home version and it worked and i said okay now we're gonna go and have you buy that license for office 365 and we'll swap it out and it worked and they weren't even against upgrading everybody has a concern but now it works at least and i was pretty happy about that but that one i still donated like two hours of my time to try to fix that and that really bothers me so no more of that but if you're wondering, well, Lisa, how are you doing this downgrade? Well, there is the 2013 downgrade available if you kept a copy of it. See, Microsoft doesn't let you get it from the Office 365 site anymore. But I have a copy of it, and I also secured a copy of 365 Business, too, um, uh, Business Premium. Because we technicians have to do what's best for us and the client. And for us and our time... You know, unless the client's like, yeah, we're going to pay you 140 bucks an hour to fix this, which will never happen. I mean, what client would want that? Maybe next week another update will happen and it'll break yet again. I don't know, but it's just something that I'm I'm just putting my foot down. So anyway, that client was happy. And then I had uh, this, this job here I'm going to talk about with this Yahoo business. I'm just going to give everybody a warning right now that... <laughs> If your clients are on a Yahoo uh, domain control panel from the old days, this client was one of their first like people from way back in the day, which I didn't really find out about until, well, let's put it this way. It was supposed to be a quick little flip over, you know, type job because I had already done all the pre-migration work. And uh, once I found out that it, the Yahoo DNS would not release the old auto discover record, um, that was a huge, huge nightmare. I spent, I think I started the migration at 9am on a Friday, which is also dumb. I don't do those on Fridays, but somehow I did. And I think after five or six hours, I finally said enough and I downgraded to 13 so I could manually set it up for her. And, uh, she was one of the clients that was like, I'm really worried, you know? And I said, I know, but don't worry. At least it's going to work. You know, but, but anyway, here's how the job started and I'll talk you guys through this because this is typical calls. Okay. So first she calls in with an IMAP issue. Now I've already given you guys tips on how, how to tell if IMAP is corrupted or not. You can't delete the drafts. You can't move an email to a folder. The folder structure doesn't match the server. You put a folder in Outlook. It doesn't go onto the server, vice versa. You know, there's little things that you can tell. Um, most of the time it's the drafts and you cannot create a new folder. It throws up an error. Okay. But those are like the outlook IMAP tips you can tell. And typically all you have to do is make an export of the IMAP mailbox. All right. Then you go get a fresh download and a fresh download from the IMAP server is really a clean, you know, kind of a folder structure. But unfortunately the client had this problem for a while and, uh, it was, you know, kind of confusing, but I said, well, look, you also want syncing with your phone. So why don't we, now that we've done, oops, now that we've done all the work, why don't we just set up a one simple exchange mailbox and then import that in there. So then it's just clean as a whistle. 
So she was like, yep, that's fine, you know. So I went and put in the sale at that river, got that done. Everything was fine. Um, the text record, I got it updated just fine, too. And then, um, oh, wait a second, though. I forgot. The clients hadn't bought the domain in a very long time. And this is another migration thing that this is what I always call chasing the DNS is that we had to go dig up and find the records. And that took a little bit of time, too. But now that I know Yahoo, I'm going to be really leery against this in the future. But anyway, I finally got their password reset for the Yahoo DNS control panel and got into it and I could do stuff. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, excuse me. I got to have a brain fart going here because this story, this was actually kind of dramatic for me <laughs> that Friday. I was so frustrated because I just helped the people the day before uh, and I hadn't done their, their swap over. It, I tell you, I had three outlook connector issues in like a week. You guys, it was bad. I was so stressed out, but anyway, uh, so I ended up getting, um, the connector would not work. The old Yahoo DNS kept coming up. And the thing is when people are, you know, they say, well, go edit the host file. Well, we tried that. We tried all the things to do. I had the guy from App River remote and help me. And, and this is where I just had to pull the plug and say, we're done. Um, you know, and this is, uh, from IMAP to exchange. Okay. Okay. So anyway, uh, I'm sorry. I'm skipping around the story. This is how horrible the story was, but I got to tell you that the clients were so awesome. Okay. They were, I was in contact with them every step of the way on this thing, because what I've learned is that when you have an issue with the migration, it's better to tell the clients. Well, actually what I tell them now is expect problems <laughs> and I will let you know when there is a problem. And sometimes you don't have to get into technical detail, but it's better to prevent them being angry later if you don't tell them. And so I've learned like that morning I remoted in, I told her, okay, here's what I'm going to do X, Y, Z. But if there's a problem, I'm gonna let you know right away because it might take me a longer time to get this done. So I mean, I honestly, with all the stress of this thing, she was at work all day and she came home. I finally had it fixed so she didn't have to see it. But I, you know, I had to let her know that something wasn't working and things like that. And that's what the communication part is that uh, saves the day sometimes, you know. And, um, you know, the client was happy with that overall. And she loves exchange now too, by the way. But anyway, so the other thing I want to tell you is that with this, uh, with testing this connector thing, uh, you know, if you think it's just the computer and you're not sure, I actually tried to set it up on my computer because I'm, you know, it was like a fresh test, right? And it did not set up and it kept kicking back the Yahoo, um, auto discover record. You could see it in there. And I also tested it with my 2013 on my laptop and that, uh, set up perfectly fine without even doing it manual. So here I was hoping that 13 would be a savior for manual, but it actually did it um, fine. So I think there's something in 2016 that, that in the, like I said, her computer was in California. I'm in Vegas, so I didn't really know the, you know, I don't, it's something in 16 that did it. Anyway, um, I'm so disturbed with this. I still don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> let me just tell you guys that that week was horrible I, there was a third job i had too that i um 
I'm trying to think what that lady's problem was. I'm trying to... So I had that couple, this one. Oh, I, this other client I had just had a basic... She hired me to do an email transfer from one old computer to another one, and the 16 would not work. The same issue. And at least with her, she was the third one. I got smart. And after it was a 40-minute effort of me trying to fix it, I gave in and threw in the towel. And uh, I think she actually bought it. So we just put her on the subscription for 69 bucks a year. Anyway, I don't know. It's it's just something now in these past two weeks. I'm like, nope, not doing it again. I'm learning right away. No more fresh installs for me on a Friday either. Because that's not how you want to close. A, start a good weekend off, right? Nope. Okay, guys. So that is kind of my um, Outlook 2016 updates. I talked about my groups a little bit. Now, finally, I'm going to close with a little um, SEO and marketing. So... I think I told you guys in June and July that I started the SEO part of Call That Girl, right? It was called I Found You on the Internet.com. And I put a lot of time into that, creating the packages, the processes, the programs, da 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 da. And uh, you know what? It, it launched okay. But I learned after talking to people for the next two months that a lot of people wanted to be more hands on with it, they wanted to learn more about marketing. And most of these people ran small businesses. You know, so I was like, you know what? I took a little break while I built the IT bog site up and just took a break from it. And then just in the past couple of weeks, I was like, I need to do the next level, which I tell you, as much as I love Outlook and Office 365, I actually consider that more my job now. My passion is SEO and marketing. And you know what they say is if you're an entrepreneur, you can do whatever you want. You can take all the risks you want. And I was like, you know what, I'm, I need to, I need to do something else besides my job. You know, I'm great at marketing and doing SEO for my job, but I want to do it for other people. So my goal for 2018 is to be 50, 50. I'm going to be one of those people that actually does two different things and I'm okay with it. And I'm okay with people, you know, some people might be negative and say, oh, she couldn't cut it. You know, oh, blah, 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 she's not doing well. Well, that's not the case. I'm actually doing fine financially and with my sales and everything I'm doing. I just am really like, you know, I just want to do something else half my day. That's fun. And helping people learn marketing is really fun to me. So in the notes, I'm going to put in a link to my callthatgirl.biz website's um, sales page. It's really, that I will say is really ugly. But I'm working on a new website and the new website is callthatgirl.com. I'm using my other domain for the SEO marketing. And there I get to go create a new website and have more fun and do something, you know, fresh. Uh, I really can't do much with callthatgirl.biz because it's so married to all my blogs and the, everything I do. And so the, the callthatgirl.com is kind of like my fresh little fun start. And I'll work on that in the next few months. And uh, But right now I'm starting a soft launch of it. So here's how it works is basically you can hire me by the hour and you can buy a four hour ticket. So if you just want some like, you know, coaching and just someone to talk to for an hour about what you're doing and things you can do, anything you want, I'll talk about. But if you want to actually learn action items, like how to do the SEO blogs, then we turn that into a coaching thing. And, um, like I'll say, okay, let's schedule a half hour and I'll teach you the first part of SEO blogging. And then, you know, in uh, a you know, month, we can go do another half or whatever. 
These four-hour tickets do not expire, so there's no rush to do them. They do, um, they are 15-minute increment, just like my regular prepays. So you can say, hey, I just want a quick 15-minute session to have you review a bunch of stuff, and what do you think of this, you know? I'm telling my regular clients to use me for second opinions. A lot of people, you know, they find something that they want to go buy and do, and it's like five grand, and then they just go do it without checking with other people. And I had a guy on Facebook <clears throat> that told me he was going to sign up for something. And I said, yeah, I really wouldn't invest $4,000 in that because I already know blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, thanks for telling me. And I'm like, well, that's why you have a second opinion person, you know. Four grand's a lot of money to do something that you're not sure about. And people can get talked into things pretty quick. You know, that's why I love my marketing stuff. It's by the hour or a four hour ticket. And it's not this big contract to do so much per, you know, month or per week or whatever. And I just like it, you know, buy it as you need it or do it yourself kind of stuff for the drive through idea. I'll la carte it. Um, my new website will have an extensive list of everything I do. And I'm telling you guys, it's all stuff I know how to do. And it's not BS, okay? I'm not going to put out anything that I cannot help you with. And then when people say, well, that's quite a lot. Well, I've got 10 years of experience doing everything on that list for my own company so I can prove it. You know, I have an ebook I wrote. I got the podcast I can do. You can see my YouTubes. You know, there's proof behind what I can teach you. And a lot of people don't have the proof. So I'm proving it. I can do it. But I'm pretty excited about this. You know, it just excites me to know half my day will be uh, not just stressful with uh, the outlook. And the thing is, I love helping people. It's not the people. It's the outlook. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's time for a new start for some things, and I'm excited about it. So speaking of marketing, next uh, the next podcast, it's going to be all about Office 365 marketing. So now that I'm kind of like getting out of so much of it, I am going to give you guys some free tips on how to market it yourself, um, simply. And because, you know, I, you know, there's some simple things a technician can do that, that maybe they haven't thought about that I've done for years. And I'm going to share those tips with you guys. And I'm also going to put, uh, my SEO and marketing blogs on in the notes today too, that I've um, been working on. It's kind of like a free tips on how to do things yourselves. And people are like, well, why are you putting that out for free when you have a business? Well, because when people go read your blog and then they see all the stuff that they have to do that's for them to do it themselves, a lot of people are like, eh, I'll have Lisa do some of that, you know, because their time is valuable. They don't want to learn it. They want to do some things. But the blogs I'm on, blog number four, and we're getting to the juicy part, how to make an SEO blog. And that's where the fun starts. But you have to read blogs one, two, three, and four to learn about the next blog that'll be out number five, which is the actual making of them. So anyway, folks, I think that's it. Let me see what else I have to do. Um, there's also, if you're looking for custom signatures for Outlook, let me know. I've got a contact for that. And I will also put a link in for the Outlook and Office 365 resource guide. There's going to be a lot of notes in this show this week, folks. So anyway, that's it for this week, and I want to shout out, uh, thank you to Mitch Heyman for <clears throat> supporting my audio, which he always does my intros now. I've been doing the shows on my own without Mitch because the quality is much better. I miss doing the shows with Mitch, but this has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio support by Mitch Heyman. That's it, folks. See you next week.